Coming up on AEA Amplified, let's meet Bill Hanf of Green Mountain Avionics, the newly elected chair of the AEA's Board of Directors. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company, and a leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis S-Tech 5000 is the latest digital autopilot, providing increased safety plus decreased pilot workload, and is being certified for Part 23 and Part 25 retrofit aircraft, such as high-performance turboprop and turbine jet aircraft. To learn more about the STEC 5000, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this May 31st, 2022 edition of AEA Amplified. And our guest today is Mr. Bill Hanf. He's the founder and president of Green Mountain Avionics in Middlebury, Vermont. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. And first, let me ask if spring has actually sprung there in Vermont. Absolutely, it finally has, Jeff. Uh, we uh, we had a couple of false starts where uh, we had a nice little stretch of some warm weather, followed up by snowstorm, which uh, you know on the flip side allowed for some really great uh, late season skiing, which we uh, took advantage of. But uh, I'm pretty sure everybody here is welcoming the uh, nice stretch of warm weather, sunshine. We've got uh, leaves on the trees. The the mountains are all green and uh, welcome this nice weather. I'm very envious of you in uh, New England, and sounds like you have a beautiful facility there in the mountains. And of course, you have served on the uh, AA's board of directors since 2016, and you were the board's vice chairman in, in uh, last year in 2021, excuse me, 2021, and you were elected as the new chairman back in March during the AA convention in New Orleans. But before we get into your association work, I would like to learn a little bit more about your avionics career that I believe spans nearly three decades now. And, you know, what exactly inspired you to aviation and what led you down the avionics career pathway? I got my aviation and avionics start in the United States Marine Corps. Um, I was not the most studious scholastic uh, high school student. And um, although many of my friends were venturing off to college, I just I didn't feel like it was the right fit for me at that time. So I spoke to uh, the various armed forces recruiters and the, uh, the Marine Corps uh, really kind of struck a tone with me. And uh, they had a program where you could go in on the uh, quality enlistment program is what it was called. And depending on how you scored on your ASVAB test, which highlights your, um, your, your own skill sets, uh, you could uh, choose a job or, or s several different career paths. So I was uh, I was kind of leaning towards aviation, and uh, I honestly I I didn't know exactly what avionics was. It sounded like it was uh, you know aviation technical. Um, I wanted to be able to have a job in the Marine Corps that could serve me after I got out. I wanted to learn a, a trade, um, and and that's what I did. Um, and it's it's uh, it was. It was the right thing for me to do. I really enjoyed my time in the Marine Corps. It was good for me. Um, and, you know, those those skills have stuck with me and I, I use them to this day. 
So in the United States Marine Corps, where exactly were you were you stationed? And, and can you maybe walk us through that time in your life uh, in terms of the, the type of work you, you did in the military? Sure. You know, uh, every every Marine goes through boot camp. And uh, I did that at uh, Paris Island, South Carolina as a third battalion. And any any Marine uh, will recognize that area as the swamp. Um, and uh, after boot camp, again, every every Marine is a basic rifleman. So uh, prior to going on to whatever your specialized uh, um, MOS, your military occupational specialty is, um, every Marine goes through Marine combat training, uh, which, which I did that in uh, North Carolina. Um, after that, you get sent off to your, your school. And my avionics school was at NAS Memphis in Millington, Tennessee. And that's where we learned mostly theory, but it was, the probably the equivalent of a civilian two-year trade school crammed into uh you know uh less than a year for uh military uh rapid training um after that i was uh sent to um ojt in uh back in north carolina and that's where where you get um after your avionics theory training you get assigned to a specific type of aircraft that you'll be maintaining and uh, I was selected for the CH-46 helicopter. Um, so I did that uh, on-the-job training in North Carolina and then set to my permanent duty station at uh, Tustin, California, uh, where I was finally uh, entered the Fleet Marine Corps. Uh, I, while at Tustin, uh, my squadron uh, was deployed on the USS Tripoli. We served on a Westpac, which is a Western Pacific tour. So you're basically, uh, you're a combined force with uh, a few other uh, helicopter groups. Uh, CH-46s was the main one. We had H-53s, and then the Hueys and Cobras, uh, lovingly referred to as the Skid Kids, were uh, were with us on the boat. So we were uh, we were out for six months at a time. Um, after that, I transitioned. Uh, they closed uh, at a Marine Corps Air Station Tustin, and. Uh, finished up my tour at El Toro, also in Southern California. That's quite a long uh, career there in the military, and, and thank you for your service. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, after your military uh, career, you obviously you gained some valuable experience, and I think you were working on business jets, corporate jets. Uh, where did you get that experience? I was. Uh, let me just touch back on my military uh service real quickly. I forgot to add that uh, in addition to uh, avionics technician, I was also air crew. So I got to do some aerial gunnery training on the CH-46 helicopter, um, in-flight avionics troubleshooter. So that kind of also opened me up to a little bit of uh, exposure with, uh, you know, flight operation type stuff, as well as uh, troubleshooting and repairing. Uh, after my uh, Marine Corps service, I landed a job at Cessna Citation, Long Beach, California. Uh, Cessna Citation makes a line of corporate business jets. And at the time they had, uh, I wanna say nine factory service centers, uh, seven of them in the uh, domestic US. So I started working at uh, Cessna Citation Service Center, Long Beach, California, and uh, kind of worked my way up through the uh, ranks there. And, uh, Oh, at one point I was offered a uh, um, opportunity to move to New York, which was closer to home, uh, and an opportunity to take a promotion to manage their avionics department. 
which I accepted. Uh, while in New York, I would make uh, weekend drives back home to Vermont. And uh, after a few years of doing that, decided I wanted to be in Vermont. And I, um, I took a job with a um, aviation company in Burlington that had a charter operation and also a uh, 145 repair station. So between your military background, you work at Cessna and others, you decided then uh, in 2011 to start your own business. So, so what was it like to, to start your own avionics repair station from scratch? And can you tell us a little bit more about Green Mountain Avionics and the type of, of work you do there? Yeah, so we primarily work now on general aviation aircraft. So I went from pretty much all military helicopters to nothing but uh, corporate business jets. Uh, then there was a period of time when I worked for uh, Heritage Aviation in Burlington, where we worked on a combination of uh, business jets and also general aviation. That's where I first got my taste of uh, GA. That's also where I um, was introduced to the Aircraft Electronics Association. And while I was at convention meeting with other, other folks that have successfully ventured out on their own, started their own business, uh, that's really what kind of gave me the, uh, the motivation to venture out on my own. And um, I did that with the, uh, the support of other, other folks like, like me now that have done it, uh, support from uh, OEM uh, manufacturers, um, and also the FAA. I maintained a good relationship with the FAA. Um, actually got my repair station certified within six months, which is almost unheard of. Um, but I didn't do it alone. I had, I had lots of help. And once again, we are visiting with AEA Chairman Bill Hamp here on AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. And Bill, let's fast forward to the present, if we could. Uh, now you're the new AEA Chairman, working alongside President and CEO Mike Adamson. And as you know, the Board of Directors recently completed a strategic planning process, and that led to a new vision, mission, guiding principles that certainly will steer the AEA over the next five to seven years or so. And so as chairman, you will oversee the execution of that strategic plan and help guide the work that will be produced by the association's new membership relations committee and the workforce development committee. So what can you tell us about that work and how it will help fulfill the AEA's vision to power safer and more efficient flight? I'll say that the uh, the strategic plan was very important. Um, it, it was a lot of effort. Um, obviously, the association is amazing. Uh, we've done a lot of stuff really well for many years. So um, that was that was taken into consideration. We didn't just let's start from scratch. So the uh, the strategic plan committee was made up of an outstanding, uh, diverse group of industry professionals. I was very uh, uh, pleased to be part of that. A lot of what we have been doing, we're going to continue to do. Um, some areas that uh, we're making some improvements in our um, expanded uh, utilization of committees. Um, that's that's very key. Um, I know it was it was a um, in the forefront of, uh, of of Gary's and mine vision uh, to utilize these committees. When we meet as a board of directors. Uh, that's not the time to be drilling through all the you know the nitty-gritty details the board should be presented uh, options that that these committees have done the hard work for and the committees you know typically uh, we've got standing committees and ad hoc committees um, ad hoc committees are for 
something that, uh, you know, a shorter term issue that might need to be addressed. Um, generally, you're going to have a, a director on there, but it's also a really great opportunity for other members to become more involved. Um, and then if it's the right fit, maybe they might be a uh, potential uh, nominee for a future uh, uh, board of directors position. Yeah, and of course, anyone, anyone, of course, who's wanting to uh, get more involved uh, in committee work, who's an AEA member, can certainly contact you and, and reach out to you. And uh, uh, all the good work that you and the board of directors are, are putting together, and look forward to seeing the execution of that plan. So, um, and of course, Bill, another topic that's uh, that's widely reported, um, and it's affecting every industry, not just aviation, uh, but obviously there's a tight labor market, uh, and there simply aren't enough uh, laborers to do the work. So, how has this impacted your business specifically, uh, if it has at all, and uh, and how have you managed to find qualified staff there? Well, it's it's certainly it's affected my business and almost all the other avionics shops owners that I talk to and that we've been discussing uh, in our meetings for the past several years, you know, for uh, up until the global supply chain issues, that was our number one issue uh, facing the industry was how do we recruit and retain uh, talent? And a lot of what we're doing right now, what we have been doing is uh, kind of growing our own. And uh, we've been doing that here at Green Mountain Avionics since I started OJT on the job training. Um, we've been doing it a little bit more kind of on the fly here. Um, it works for our operation and our size. Um, the AEA recently came up with a industry approved um, official apprenticeship training program. And I think that's a great resource. Uh, we're going through some of that right now, but other shops that uh, are looking for some, uh, some structure, some guidance on how to take a, uh, a new technician that, you know, may have limited to no experience and bring them through the uh, the training syllabus to become an, you know, a working technician. It's a great resource. Um, we had also talked about, um, you know, workforce development. Um, there is a company called NextStop that the AEA is working with that's really trying to uh, help establish a conduit from uh, military, people getting out of the military, that might already have these skills and training and pairing them up with uh, with AEA shops that are looking for work. And I think that's also an absolutely outstanding idea. Yeah, next stop is uh, again, an, an AEA member as, as you as you noted there, uh, and also Avionics News did a feature on them back in February. So uh, our listeners can certainly look up and read more about next stop and find out how to transition from military work to to avionics industry. So great advice, certainly for all shops and all all uh, members uh, trying to deal with the workforce shortage topic. And another issue, of course, that's headlining uh, all around is the international supply chain crisis that you hear so much about. So again, I ask you, how has your business been impacted by product shortage, if any? Uh, and if it has, how have you dealt with it? Absolutely. Um, I feel overall that we are in a pretty good place, probably a lot better than many shops uh, that might not have equipment on the shelf. Uh, we've got avionics installations booked out, you know, six months solid. And for most of that work, I've got equipment on the shelf. Uh, we occasionally still run into issues where we were expecting a part to come and it might get pushed back. Um, I talked to other uh, other shop owners that 
they might have the work lined out for, you know, four to six months or whatever, um, but don't have the equipment. Um, as an industry, I feel like we have been doing very good helping each other out. Um, There's several different online web forums uh, for equipment trading. And, um, you know, I know personally I've sent out equipment that I had on hand uh, to help out other shops that were in a jam that needed something now uh, that I kind of took the gamble, uh, understanding that it would be replaced uh, prior to the time I needed it. So that is a gamble, but uh, I feel like uh, we are an industry where we do help each other out, and uh, I'm proud to be part of that. Bill, thank you once again for your many years of service to the AEA, and I know the staff, the membership, and the entire board looks forward to working with you as our new chairman. Is there anything that we missed or that you'd like to include for our listeners? Um, again, I'd like to uh, encourage people to become more involved if, if they want to. Um, Try to attend Connect Meeting if you can. Try to attend Convention if able. Um, and I would close out by saying I'm, I'm looking forward to working closely with, uh, with Mike and the staff. Uh, I thank headquarters AEA staff for the always amazing job that you do. Um, it's, it truly is amazing what gets done with the size of that operation. Thank you. Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on AA Amplified. Best of luck to you and your entire team there at Green Mountain Avionics uh, for a successful year. And let me also remind our listeners of a few important items before we go. Summer is here in North America and the AEA's classroom is heating up. You can join us for one of the upcoming avionics training courses at the association's headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri. And as of today, there are eight different classes available. Uh, many of them will sell out, but you can learn more about each of them and reserve your seat before they do sell out by visiting aea.net slash training. And as Bill mentioned, we hope you can join us for one of the upcoming AEA Connect conferences later this year. These are two-day events that allow technicians and business owners the opportunity to learn industry best practices, connect with regional sales and product support representatives, satisfy your training requirements, see the latest products and services, and receive important updates on the most current regulatory news affecting your business. Three conferences are scheduled in the United States, and that includes visits to Kansas City, Missouri, Reno, Nevada, and Tampa, Florida. Connect conferences are also on tap in Toronto, Canada, Munich, Germany, and the Sunshine Coast, Australia. Check out all the details at aea.net slash connect. And finally, if your company is hiring, don't forget to post your career opportunities on the AEA Jobs Board at aea.net slash jobs. Free resume posting is available for job seekers, and you can simply get all of that work done at aea.net slash jobs. And that's going to wrap it up for today. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. To learn more about Genesis and its full range of products, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Thanks again to AEA Chairman Bill Hanth of Green Mountain Avionics for being our guest today. And until next time here on AEA Amplified, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you blue skies ahead. And so long, everybody. 